I like how Ferber just like snuck in the room and didn't say anything to anybody. He might not be able to hear us. He might not be able to talk. You know these you know these young folks and their technology. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish I could do a Wayne Jenkins impression right now, but I'm not very good at it. I'm gonna start watching that after the pod. Yeah, have you not wait, have you not watched it at all? Nope. You never seen We Own the Night? I know what it is. because it came out like last April, right? I haven't watched it either. What? It only came out like last year, right? Bro, what are y'all doing with your lives? I know about it, but I haven't watched it. Well, it came out in April, man. That's pre-lake season. We got to stop watching um, succession episodes <laughs> on repeat. We got to start. We got to start watching. We own the night. CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place where Franklin State's in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, April the 26th. May is like right around the corner, which means that we're not too far removed from actual like football. And I realize I say that and the spring game was like 37 seconds ago. Um, but you know what? Sometimes you just kind of like kind of fool yourself into thinking the carrot is right there in the front of you. Um Anyway, we're going to uh, not talk about football to, to this evening. We're going to talk a little bit more about basketball. Obviously, Virginia brought in another uh, transfer addition to the fold this week. Um, seems like the Cavaliers could be also on the cusp of adding one more piece to the puzzle. Uh, we will discuss all of that and then some before we get started. Let's go around and introduce everybody. First in Fishersville, board moderator du jour, David Spence is on the show. How's it going, my friend? It's going wonderful. Thanks for asking. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter? It always makes me nervous when you don't have like a joke lined up. Yeah, some days are tire, tiring, you know. Because like then I feel like I, I like messed up and I like made I like said something stupid and you're like I don't really want to be here anymore. No, no well, other people have, not you. Wow. All right, um, <laughs> <laughs> Charlottesville uh, editor in chief Justin Ferber is also on this year program. How's it going, my dude? Pretty good. Dave Scooby doing us. Mm. Well done. What it is. Well yeah. done. At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. You, would your dad be proud of you? You doing Scooby Doo's anyway? Cavs corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore corner. Uh, great place for in-game updates when they return. Uh, content items and the occasional Woody banter. Um, all right, so Virginia has now added three transfer um, um, pieces to the puzzle um, since the end of the season. Um, we talked a little bit about Jordan Minor. We talked about Andrew Rohde. Um in getting. Um, Gosh, I almost wanted to call him Tanner again. That's it's going to be a problem. Jacob grows from from Oklahoma uh, this week. Obviously, an in, intriguing um, addition. Also makes you makes you kind of look at it a little bit differently, just in terms of skill sets and the way things overlap. We're going to get into all that uh, now. I think is a is a good time for it, um, and we'll get to some other things uh, here in a little bit. Uh, first off, instant reactions. Dave, we'll start with you. Um, getting Jacob Groves, I think. If I remember correctly, it was it was you who who coined the idea of like a uh, a better Evan Nolte. Um, I'm not sure 
if you still believe that, if you if you've if you've done much research onto the Groves kid, what do you think about adding him, and especially in terms of uh, the triumvirate um, uh, of, of all three of them? Um, how do you feel like the pieces fit together with what we would project the roster to be next season? Yeah, I mean, he brings some stuff we need. You know, he he's a guy with size. You know, six seven, six eight, six nine, depending on what you read. Looks, you know, he looks legit six eight, six nine in the film. Um, obviously played at Oklahoma last couple of years. So, was, you know, you can see him play against some good competition. You know, we've got, you know, lack of size is certainly an issue with the Virginia roster. Right. Um, but, you know, with Minor, Dunn, um, Buchanan, you know, you've got some guys in that six, eight, six, nine range. Um, you know, he's, this is one more in that range and, and one with, with a three point, you know, with the ability to stretch the defense from the three point line. So, I think it's a nice add, especially with someone like Miner, who, who, you know, who seems to be more of a defensive putback, offensive rebound type guy who's going to need to be in the lane to to be effective offensively. Um, he can kind of help create space for for guys like Groves, and then you put him with the with the other pieces. It starts making sense. Um, yeah, I don't think it's. I don't. I don't mean this as a negative. He's he's got deficiencies in his game that you know. Hopefully the other guys can help. Um, I don't think he's he's you know I don't think you can put him with the ACC caliber three or four and expect him to guard him from the three point line in. Um, but that's kind of why we play the pack line, right? So you know a good piece. You know it's kind of funny. I was thinking, I don't know you you guys remember when I'm sure you do. It wasn't that long ago when Coach K kind of pivoted from the from the building model to the one and done model. Um, with the high school recruits and that's kind of what we're seeing here with Bennett. And it's always been a question like, you know, can the system work if you've only got one year to learn it? Obviously we're working with guys a little bit older than high schoolers, but you know, this year I think is going to be the ultimate test of that. For, I'm going to come back to you in a hot second about Groves because I want to, I want to drill into something Dave just said. So I don't know if that's an interesting sort of comparison because I don't know if I would have made that, um, I feel like maybe Coach K went the sort of one and done route because he could, not necessarily because he had to. I feel like Tony is going this route because oh, yeah, it's yeah. like a necessity, you know, in a way. I mean, I think Duke had the luxury of being it because, like, it's not like if Duke had continued to recruit um, guys that you know um, would have sort of you could have built around and guys you would have developed as opposed to you know these one and done types. They still would have had the best of the of those of those dudes, you know. Um, and they probably would have been fine, but it's an interesting sort of comparison. One I had not sort of considered. I, I just, I, I don't know if we necessarily are seeing Tony, um, kind of going with that change in philosophy or as much as he's sort of just going with what he has to go with for right now. I'm, I'm really curious to see like in two or three years, if that's still the case, because if it is, then, then, then obviously what you're saying is, is accurate, right? That he has, um, kind of changed, uh, changed that approach. I still think there's a very real chance that this has much more to do with like what his roster requires versus um, maybe what he would ideally want. Um, mm-hmm. But that's going to be fascinating to watch uh, in the next few years. Yeah. Sort of I didn't mean to, that. I didn't mean to, um, you know, to kind of lead you to believe that he was doing it on purpose. He's doing it out of necessity, but it's yeah. going to be interesting to see. Yeah, and especially if he sticks with it, because if he sticks with it and it becomes like their thing, right. 
and he's able to teach the pack line and guys are able to really produce, it makes you wonder like, oh, because I mean, that really would kind of open some things up in terms of possibilities. I think the, you know, it's a, it's a pretty, you know, um, regular sort of takeaway or, you know, sort of conventional wisdom, if you will, that it is hard to learn and that a lot of guys I think have been, I don't want to say scared off by it because I don't think, I don't think it's quite that strong, but in terms of like, Guys who want to come in and play one year, I think historically that has been a little bit of a bear. Uh, meanwhile, back at the ranch, um, Ferber on the Groves kid, you know, Dave, I think makes a really good point that, you know, in a vacuum, it it feels like one thing. But when you look at it in the bigger picture with all the other pieces um, of the puzzle around, it feels a little bit differently. How did this thing strike you and, and where did you land on it? Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly what I thought they were going to do necessarily, but I mean, I, I said last time we talked about transfers that I thought they needed another board, um, you know, purely like, you know, for depth, if nothing else, like, I don't know that you're basically building like the perfect roster or anything like that, but it's like, you know, if Jordan minor, like sprains his ankle or something like who's playing, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, you have to be able to be agile with that same with like fouls and stuff in, in the course of a game itself. But I think Rose is a solid player assuming that he's coming in for the role that we all kind of think, right? Like uh, a guy that probably isn't starting, but he's coming off the bench. He's playing a decent number of minutes. He can come out and spot up a couple threes, get you some rebounds. Um, he's a veteran player. He's played in NCAA tournaments. Um, you know, I think he's a solid addition. Uh, you know, it makes sense to me. I mean, I, we'll see what they do from here, but um, you know, I think, Blake Buchanan, you know, could come in and play a decent amount, but that would be an outlier. So I don't think we can count on that. Um, and, you know, again, this is another veteran type player. Um, you, you know, I think the thing, this is kind of where I land with BVP too. I think BVP was a more successful player before he got to UVA than Groves has been. But if BVP had been used maybe a little bit more like Groves w will be, I think, um, then I think, and I say that because, like, if they, if UVA had had a roster where BVP could have been used that way, um, or should have been used that way, then that would have been better. But I don't know that that was the case last year. But I think ultimately Groves will be a nice addition, and um, yeah, if nothing else, it's it's more depth and more options. Yeah. So uh, Groves a thirty eight percent three point shooter uh, at Oklahoma last year, thirty seven to ninety seven on the year. Um, for his career, he's a thirty four percent. Uh, three-point shooter which includes uh, um, you know a freshman season Eastern Washington where he was two of 13 obviously you know business really picked up for him when he when he played more games um, once he got away um, you know and on the road to to Oklahoma I kind of think you know if we think about sort of the roster as it is I, I I'm like you guys I kind of felt like you know we were going to see him go um, I mean we all knew they needed another big um I kind of thought that they might go with a an, another sort of I I don't want to say like defensive heavy guy, but certainly not, um, you know, a I, rim I, protector. Yeah, I, I thought maybe yeah. they go with that bouncy sort of um, springy guy, um, and that's no disrespect to Groves. I just think that his game is not that's not what they're going to ask him to do. Right, they're not going to ask him to come in there and and be Mamadi Diakite. Um, they're probably going to ask him to come in there and 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 be a lot of what BVP was last year. Now to put this in context. BBP was a 30% three-point shooter at UVA. His best year at Ohio was in 21, and he was a 36% three-point shooter. Um, Groves, better than that, 
this past season. Um, better than that during his um, um, second year at Eastern Washington. So I, I I know the comparisons are there, and certainly you know we've talked a lot about the way that, um, and we'll probably talk more later in this episode, sort of about the minutes that BVP got and what that meant for the the whole group and that kind of stuff. But I do think that ultimately, just because uh, Vanderplas, you know, had that swoon. And just because sort of UVA struggled once it happened doesn't necessarily mean that the idea of that type of player is not right for him. Because, I mean, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, that that would have been a perfect addition. And in and in and for a little stretch of the season, it was, right? And what Groves gives them, I think, is a little bit more length. Um, you know, they list BVP at 6'8". I don't think he's – I mean, maybe he is, but I he doesn't – Let's put it like this. I don't think he looks or plays like a guy who's that size. Groves look like he actually has that length. And I think that length is important because he's not the most like athletic. He's like, they got enlisted at 216 in Ken Palm. Um, you know, he he's a he's not a very dominant physical player, right? So his length is important. Um, you know, and I and I think what's interesting too is that this is this is almost this is weirdly like almost like a bounce back recruitment because UVA was in there for both him and his brother before they went to Oklahoma. Um, when they were leaving Eastern Washington the first time, um, or I guess not the first time originally. Um, so it just kind of feels like a, uh, um, um, a situation where UVA is, is getting a lot. Um, and, and like I said earlier in today's point, like the way that the different pieces fit together, you know, he's not a guy who's going to duplicate skill sets. Um, but I almost wonder does and I let me ask it to you like this, Dave. Do you feel like UVA taking him and certainly um, bringing the Robinson kid on, on grounds for a visit today? And it certainly, kind of feels like that one might be headed um, in the fruition direction. Um, but do you feel like that is a good sign that they're not looking at guards or that or that they're not specifically just targeting guards? A good sign as far as what Reese coming back or just well, I just in general team. like not you know you can take it specifically to Reese or you can yeah. just think about it like in terms of what they feel like their guard depth really is. I mean, if, if you think Rody answers a lot of questions to me for the guard depth, you know, he, he's a one, two, or a three, um, depending on who you've gotten. I think he can play, he can play off the ball, he can play on the right. ball, especially right. with a guy like Isaac Neely who can also play on or off the ball. Um, I, I don't, I'm not comparing talent wise, but very much Ty and Kyle, you know, um, the, the way they could play together. Um, and then you, obviously, if you had the Kihei factor with Harris, like, you know, you can get all three of them on the floor. Getting Reese back would be huge because I think you could play Reese with Isaac and Rhodey. Um, and we're not, you know, I don't know where Gertrude is physically. Seems to be that he's recovering okay from his surgery. But, um, you know, between him and Bond, I think you've got enough in the backcourt to make it work without Reese with them. You're, you're pretty stacked. That's why I think adding a guy like Groves makes sense. Cause you need to build up that front court. And I think he's a guy that can complement whichever way you go with the, with the guard play. Um, he's a really good catch and shoot guy. You know, he's going to be able to set screens, roll out and, and hit shots. And he's a good passer um, with size. So, you know, the interesting piece to me is, as you alluded to was, the big piece, like, you know, Robinson, you know, six, nine, six, 10, um, raw. Like, I don't think he's probably helping you a whole lot next year, but there's nothing to keep them from going to find another big there's room on the roster for it. And if you look at Robinson as developmental guy, potentially, 
Um, I think you could go get, you know, another, maybe it's another one-year guy or two-year guy that can fill that role. There's plenty of time for that, um, especially after Reese makes his decision. Yeah, I kind of, I, I tend to agree with that. Ferber, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think Dave's point about Rody kind of having some versatility is is pretty important, um, you know, and just having guys that you you have different combinations now. So I I think you have cover whether Reese comes back or not, right? Um, to right. kind of have a team, like you know, you don't have to worry about like oh they got to scramble and replace him because nobody else can do it, especially having Harris. Um, a guy that can come in and handle the ball a lot. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it would completely rule out the idea that they could go get another guard, but I don't necessarily feel like it's like a do or die situation anymore. Um, right. And I think that may be one of the advantages to having Rody instead of some of the other options, just because he has a ball handling experience and stuff like that. So, right. and we'll see what happens, you know, with blue cane. Like, I don't know. Um, Seems like he has a lot of other interests out there. Um, and UVA might have been able to get him, but now the roster's looking pretty crowded in the backcourt, I would say. Um, if you're looking at this year, you know, right. like down the road, maybe there's some options. But, um, you know, then you bring Gertrude in too. I mean, like, I don't know where he's going to be physically, but it, the ACL injury isn't what it was a few years ago. Like True. He can come back a lot quicker now. So, um, yeah, we'll see, but I, I think they're in a decent spot from like a roster standpoint. Honestly, I don't think that they would be like perfectly set up, but I think if they rolled this team out that they have now, they could be okay. Um, right. I think there's some weaknesses potentially that could be exploited, but if Bond and Dunn and McNeely make the leap that a lot of guys make from year one to year two, I think that they could be pretty good with what they have already. Yeah, that was literally the point I was going to make, which is like, what it really does is it it puts those three guys in a situation of if they take the steps forward that I think the staffs I, I would imagine thinks they're going to take wants them to take expects them to take certainly what we're all hoping they do um, it it really works out right because if you think about what you saw from McNeely this season um, you know in terms of you know his overall not just like what he did you know he shot what thirty nine percent change right. Um, he also took a lot of threes. Um, you know, he was a he was a really steady piece for them. Now, granted, he he had he had moments where he really hit a big shot and um kind of was at times in those, you know, and Ferber and I talked about this a lot, like walking out of JPJ. Like they would this team last season tended at times to make those plays that you knew a team needed to make in order to be quote unquote great, right? In the problem is, is that they did it against competition that ne wasn't necessarily as good, and they were in bad spots because of their own lack of execution. And yet, then they would still make a play in a in a in a kind of a clutch position and sort of put the thing um, to bed. We obviously that didn't happen um, enough, certainly at the end of the season for sure. Um, but McNeely, I thought was a was a steady force for them. You know, you can kind of you kind of knew what you were going to get. And if you're if you're going to extrapolate that out, you kind of you can see what his his, his second year is going to be like, right? Um, you know, if he's flirting for four, with forty percent from three, he probably needs to keep shooting, right? Um, and maybe he puts up more than one hundred and thirty threes, um, you know. But 
the reality is, is that like they're not going to have Kihei, they're not going to have Armand, they're not going to have Vanderplas, they're not going to have Gardner. This whole thing is going to feel different, and they're going to need more, not just from McNeil. They're going to need more from Dunn. They're going to need him to be, you know, a much more impactful offensive piece. And I'm not saying that he's going to all of a sudden, you know, I don't know, become a dream shake Akeem here. I'm, I'm just saying that like they're going to need him to do more offensively, um, and then certainly Bond. Uh, coming off that red shirt, it'll be really interesting to see sort of how he fits into things. Um, one of the the realities with with the with him going after um, the Robinson kid is that you know it does kind of set them up in a position where you, you're. It's interesting because they've got like a couple of pieces that are um, you know guys that they know they've got for a season, and they got a couple of pieces they know they're going to have a little longer, and then obviously some guys who have even longer than that. It's a very interesting way to build a roster because, you know, historically Dave, Tony has, he's taken a big class and he's redshirted a kid or so, so that that big class is not quite as big. And yet here he is again, having to replace so much wholesale um, from last year's team. And now, you know, in it, cause not only is he losing those guys, but then he's also got, you know, Caden who's transferring and Caffaro who's transferring um, so there's a whole, I mean, you, you look at the roster in Kempom and, you know, we obviously have to wait and see what happens with, with Beekman, but you know, there's only a couple of pieces that were, are like dudes who played last year who are back. So, I mean, it's going to feel like a very different roster. Do, what do you think overall of the, um, the Robinson, if, if, if this thing, if that thing goes the way we think it's going to go, um, what do you think about that? It, it, Cause it feels like to me, this is, this is the way UVA will do sort of its classic um, recruiting mindset, which is, yeah, they're going to take some transfers, but they're still going to take some guys that they like, that they want to see develop, that they're not going to put any pressure on. Because, I I mean, Buchanan, I think, is going to play a lot, maybe more than most yeah. rookie bigs, but this kid does – it feels like this is a developmental piece for the future. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, there's not a lot of film on, out there. Um, what there is, like, you know – now we could all be wrong. Like the kid is athletic. I just think he, he needs development. Um, you know, as far as off the court, you know, there's plenty of video. He's a high character kid. So, you know, I think he, he's a guy you can, I, I need to see his real height, right? <laughs> like, Cause I can't tell in the video I watched, he's reported at six ten now, but he's reported at six eight. Yeah. He doesn't ago. look like he's six ten in the video. No, he me, doesn't. He looks like yeah. a, like a big wing almost yeah like six seven six eight. i mean he's, he's thick and he can jump um he's definitely a developmental piece though I, I think in some ways he's probably you know having him practice against a guy like minor who is physical and similar size maybe a little bit shorter um and, and someone who's got that athleticism and can rim protect to some extent is probably a good thing virginia and let's not forget you also need to have practice guys and this is not a slight to them um you know that helps them develop helps your team develop so I like the addition that way. I mean, Virginia's still got, if I remember correctly, two spots left with, you know, waiting yeah, for Reese right. to come back if they got right. Robinson. Um, so one more if Reese does. But you, you can't have everyone looking to play. Um, I'm I'm just not one who's going to freak out over redshirt decisions yet, um, you know, worried about transfer stuff. That's just the name of the game now. I don't think – I mean, we've had this discussion. I, I don't think you can – plan your roster around trying to keep that from happening. Um, every guy's different. It's going to happen. You just got to, you know, deal with the hand that you're dealt and play the hand you're dealt and, and keep moving forward. And I think 
they've done a pretty good job of that. Um, I mean, the one thing we've seen with these one year guys is they come in hungry, right? And they come in hungry and experienced. And sometimes for the most part, that's been beneficial for UVA. Um, so hopefully it is this time too. I mean, I do like the way, you know, if you look at like Groves, like he does some stuff, Buchanan, you know, I think Buchanan's a better overall player, what has better upside than Groves. Um, but what they'll be doing next year is probably pretty similar. You know, Buchanan yeah. doesn't have the size yet to get near bang at the post. So great guy to like study behind. And I think Miner and Robinson, you kind of get that same connection. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I like the way they're stacking them. Um, I'd still like to get a little more game ready big. Um, like, yeah, I think we can defend Baycott, for example, with, with Miner and Buchanan and maybe Robinson, but I'd like to have a, I don't want to say anything, but a calf row type just to, you know, to beat up on them a little bit. Mm. Ferber, I was going to, before Dave started on that tangent, or that, not tangent, before he started on that um, last couple graphs there, I was actually going to ask you, you know, if you thought UVA needed another piece um, this offseason, or if you thought, then let's assume that they get Robinson as we, um, as we expect, um, that if you thought that was good enough, like they could stand pat. What are your, what are your thoughts on the matter? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think that Robinson's going to come in and help you much this year. Uh, if he does, I mean, I'd, I'd be surprised sometimes guys, I mean, like he came in and played, right. So it's not like unprecedented, but we just talked about like how unprecedented it is for bigs to play early, especially, um, you know, I think as far as like what the roster looks like. I mean, I think if you got the right guy, maybe you could add like a rim protecting big or, you know, really any position. But right now things, I think, like I said, in the backcourt are getting kind of crowded. Um, so like if you take a guy, he's got to kind of understand that playing time is going to be earned if there is any, um, you know, and you don't want to make a guy think that he's going to come in and have a big role and then they don't have the minutes. Um, and I think anybody with a brain can just look at a roster and be like, oh, you know, it's going to be hard for me to get on the court a lot if you're a guard. In the front court, there's minutes available probably if you're the right guy. I think at this point, the transfer window seems like it's kind of winding down, you know, more than ramping up. Um, a lot of the best players have found homes or have sort of like narrowed their decision making down. Um, so I don't necessarily think there's some impact player out there to get. Um, you know, I think at this point, you, like, I, I think, you know, when you take the downside to taking a guy like Robinson is pretty obvious, right? It's like, um, if it doesn't work out, you clogged up a scholarship, right? I think right now they're in a position scholarship wise to be able to, to burn one. Like, I don't think it's necessarily like the end of the world to take a guy if you feel like he's like a high upside guy. Um, but ultimately, like, I think, you know, I don't want to contradict myself. Um, from what we talked about a few weeks ago, like we see how these usually work out. So I think you kind of have to understand that that's going to happen when you take flyers. Um, yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, like, I don't necessarily think it really changes the roster too much. I mean, obviously if everything like, you know, clicks into place for the kid and he ends up being really good, then you have that six ten potentially guy that can has, he has a pretty good athletic profile from what I've seen. Um, you know, to be able to get, do some things for you and move and, you know, score on the pick and roll and defend the rim and all that good stuff. But ultimately I think, um, 
I don't think it really materially changes the roster too much for next year if he if he ends up signing. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like, you know, back in the day, you know, I mean, I wish I wish we could all go back and and see what the response was when they got Akeel Mitchell because I don't think, you know, if we're all being real, I don't think most of us expected that Akeel was going to end up being everything he ended up being, right? That was a different time too. I mean, UVA wasn't exactly like you know contending for national championship. Fair, fair. I I happen to see that memory pop up not too long ago because he committed I think March or something. Um, we were very excited because it was right after like Tony had secured like a multiple commits early in his career. So yeah. Yeah. We were, I don't know if we were excited about a kill and his upside. We're just right. And that's, yeah, no, no, I got you. Yeah, no. And I think that's fair. I I, like, I just, I, I think that if you look back and you think about sort of a lot of times with it's, this happens, this tends to happen more with bigs, but like if you had told, you had told me when Caden Shedrick committed, that he was going to have the career at UVA he had, I would have thought you were full of it because he looked like the kind of guy who was going to have the profile to fit exactly what UVA has had success with. And it just never happened, right? It didn't even come close, if we're being real. Um, and I feel like if you watch this kid, you know, watch his highlights, you, you could see it, right? I, I think you you guys are spot on about sort of like, is he, re- you know, where is he height-wise, um, you know, because that length is important. I, you know, I, I texted you guys today and it's like one of the things I was looking for was the opportunity to see him like get up and down the floor. And I don't mean that in terms of like a fast pace kind of way. I mean that like literally, right? Like one of the things you need to be able to do is you need to be able to jump, land and jump again. Like you got to be able to get up and down. And that is a thing UVA has not had enough of um, since, you know, certainly since Mamadi um, left. And, and, and that's kind of a, you know, a piece of the puzzle that like if you watch Shedrick, a lot of times he had to land, gather, and get back up, right? As opposed to just bounce. And there were a couple of clips in there where you could see Robinson kind of doing that. Um, you know, when I asked the question about sort of like, do, you know, do they need one more piece? I'm not necessarily saying specifically because of the Robinson kid as much as I am just sort of the bigger picture, which is like, yeah, he's probably not going to come in and be a, you know, so however many minutes a game kind of guy. Um, he's, he's a, he's certainly a developmental guy for the future and an, and a little bit of an insurance policy in case, you know, you do have some injuries, you do have some, you know, whatever, and you need another big to play. Um, the reason I kind of like it for UVA more than anything else is like, if you think about him and, and Buchanan together and in terms of sort of what their relative skill sets are like. If 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 Robinson is the kind of big that if the staff sees him in the way that I'm describing the way we're talking about here as being that sort of um, you know that sort of rim protecting um, guy with length and that kind of stuff like that actually fits really well um, both for the future and then sort of helps them in terms of setting up the roster and I think ultimately like that's the hardest part of this whole entire endeavor is that the roster turnover is so like consistently problematic that like you sort of have to just do whatever you can and worry about the rest later. What well, that's just really not the way UVA works. I joked today that like man, Tony, you know, we've always joked that Tony's like a bird in hand recruiter. I mean, he's really taking that to a whole level lately, it feels like, right? Like they're closing they're closing the kids they want um and not really looking back. Um you know, had 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 Rody and and Kane on grounds together. Didn't even didn't even care, right? 
Um, and I do think that, you know, kind of what we were talking about earlier, like Rody does kind of change the equation a little bit because he's a multifaceted player and his, his, the Venn diagram that is his skill set really helps you out because it really kind of overflows with other, um, you know, some of your other uh, pieces and sort of some of the deficiencies It covers it up. I, I brought up Shedrick. I want to circle back to that because I mean, some of the stuff I've seen, um, not, not, you know, some of the fans, you know, that's just what it is, but some of the stuff from him directly, um, about sort of his exit and we, you know, over the years we've been very like, you know, supportive of guys, uh, who leave. And I, I think we should always trend that way because ultimately like, you know what, they're, they're just trying to make the best decision for them. And I get it. What I didn't, what I didn't, what I can't process is this idea that like, he didn't know what had happened at the end of the season. And I'm just kind of going to, I kind of want to get y'all's point of view on that. Um, did it bother you at all, Dave, to, to read some of this stuff? Did, did, did it make you feel any type of way or did you just kind of shake it off and keep moving? (laughs) It didn't bother me as much as it bothered others. Um, I posted on the board, but to me, it was very similar to what DJU was saying about Clemson. Um, you know, he's kind of taking some shots at the system there, but ultimately what he's saying is, Hey, it didn't work out for me there. I didn't, that system didn't work for me. It wasn't a great experience for me. And he could, you know, he said some backhanded things about Clemson indirectly and directly, but me as an outsider, I don't take that as a negative about Clemson, like their programs just fine before and after him. And that's kind of how I feel about Shedrick. You know, Bennett was good before it'll be good after Shedrick just didn't have, it didn't work. And I feel bad for him that it didn't, um, and, you know, look, he's a young kid. And when you make a decision to leave a school, um, especially one of the, you know, you know, I know we're fans of it, so we don't think of it, but one with the, one with the uh, national relevance of Virginia um, and you don't, you know, the experience isn't what you wanted to be there. I'm sure you're going to uh, have people telling you you made the right decision and, you know, you know, this is why you should do it. This is why you shouldn't, whatever. You're going to have people kind of feeding in what you're thinking so you feel better about your decision and, I think that's probably what you saw. So best of luck to him. Yeah, that's fair. Ferber, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't really like, I'm not going to speak on the whole, like, I don't know what happened because I wasn't there. Like, I don't know. Like, that's between him and the coaching staff, right? But um, I think it's a pretty good landing spot. You know, I think he has the the ceiling, you know, obviously we saw it, you know, he can, when he, when he puts it together, he can play, um, you know, it's just about consistency and, and maybe things will work out. Maybe they won't like, we'll see. Um, UVA basketball is going to continue to probably win a bunch of games and, you know, put players in the NBA and maybe he goes to the NBA from Texas. Maybe he doesn't. We'll see. Ultimately, like, like you said, Dave, I mean, it like the freedom and all that stuff, like whatever, like, you know, it might, again, it might work out for some guys, but UVA has also been able to use the system. They have win a lot of games and continue to churn out pros. So, I mean, I think they'll be all right. Um, and, and, you know, you don't want to obviously like whatever was, wor- whatever happened last year wasn't working. Right. Because either a guy didn't get communicated why he wasn't playing, which isn't good. Or, it was pretty clear why he wasn't playing and he wasn't seeing it, which is just as bad. So like, it's pretty, I think it's pretty good for everybody to just kind of start over. Ferber will tell you from time to time that I'm a big believer in the multiple things can be true at once. Um, idea. 
And I think the thing that sticks in my craw here is, listen, I, I'm going to continue to be a big believer that like, if the, if it's not working out for a kid, you, you want them to go and have a, a, a great experience. You want them to get the best out of these years that they can set themselves up for the best they can going forward. Uh, you know, I don't have any ill will to a kid who says, you know what, like this isn't really working out for me. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to leave. That's, that's totally fine. I got no problem with that. And I got no problem with a kid having his own reasons for that. Right. So, um, you know, he, you know, whether it's whatever the true, whoever the transfer might be, right. You're going to have your, your reasons for, for why you decided to do it. And, and if, and if only the only reason you have is like, Hey, I wanted a fresh start or I just wanted something different. That's all that matters. Like, like not all of the rest of it, whatever the reasons are, they're theirs and that's fine. My only issue is this idea that like, he didn't know like why, like, I mean, that's hard for me to process because like, I don't think many people watching Virginia basketball thought that, that he was getting, um, that they were getting the most out of him. Right. It just, it, it looked like there were times and maybe this is a function of the leash thing and he didn't feel comfortable and you know what? Fair enough. But I, I, I read those comments and it just, it's hard for me as somebody who watched him intently for years and had a lot of confidence. Cause I mean, listen, I talked to people in Carolina about this kid when he was in high school and they all said the same thing, which is like, Virginia is really lucky to have locked this thing up before other schools knew he was out there because this is exactly the kind of kid. Like I had, I had people tell me he was the best player in the state um, and people who like see players in the state. And I'm not talking about like just, you know, random UVA fan who was like, Oh, he's, he, you know, he committed to us. He's the best player in the world. Like, I don't mean that. I'm talking about like people who like, no. And so I, I had really high expectations for him and I, and it, and it's unfortunate, right. When it, when it doesn't work out and I do wish him well at Texas. I just think that it, like, if you're not playing well and then you don't get minutes, I mean, do you need a like 12 slide PowerPoint that explains it? I don't, I don't know. I, I'd like to think that the coaches talk to guys when they don't play. I'd like to think that like he went to a coach and somebody said, well, you know, this is what we need you to do in order for you to play play more. I think what's hard is when you see a guy who, you know, for a, while, for a good part of the season was, was struggling. And then toward the end of the year when, you know, he didn't, I mean, Ray Charles could see the writing on the wall that it was very likely given his, you know, his sort of quote unquote fall from grace. You know, he's not playing as much anymore. He went from being a starter to not playing at all. Um, in the transfer portal era, like that seemed like a foregone conclusion, right? And then all of a sudden, I mean, he's, you know, he's really showing out and maybe that's just, Hey, he had the opportunity and because of the, you know, situation, he just, they didn't have, they didn't have the, 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 the luxury, I guess, of, of not playing him. And so he made the most of his opportunities. And you know what, if that's good for him, like I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately like, I hope the kid has a great time uh, in Austin and I hope he gets to the next level and I hope he has a great career. I'm, I'm genuinely, and this is not like a sour grape sort of thing. It's just, it's hard for me as an observer to, to see a situation like that and be like, well, what do you mean you didn't know? Like yeah. you weren't playing great. Like that's yeah. the long and short of it. Um, and it kind of goes if back I, to like Casey Morsell. Like I don't have a problem with Casey Morsell, even going like in conference. I know there are a lot of people who are like, you know, freak out if, if a kid like goes in conference. Um, but like, I didn't have a problem with that. It's just like, but then you get to the comments and he's like, Oh, I just didn't think the system fit me. I'm like, 
well, what did you think the system was? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. And I, I say this all the time, but like I, the year he was a senior, I mean, rival, we must have ran 15 different stories like that look at like classes across the country and stuff. And anytime there was anything remotely of like best fit, he was the one, right? Because it, you know, everybody and their brother, every evaluator you talk to was like, oh, that's a perfect fit. Now, maybe he wanted to be something different. He never had that chance in high school, didn't have that chance in AU. He wanted to go to state and, and, and run a little bit more. Whatever. That's, that's totally cool. But it's just like, it's hard for my brain when I see the stuff. And it's like, I mean, come on, really? Like, no, nah, I mean, you know, what do you, why do you why you weren't playing late in, in the season because you weren't playing well like that's the reality and I, it's just hard yeah. to, to to treat that like it's like some sort of like conspiracy or whatever it's just hard for it's hard for me to, to process yeah I mean I, I don't want to bag on Shedrick and this is not my intent but uh, you know I've had this discussion with a couple people over the past what week to 10 days or whatever it's been um since it's been in the news but the uh I mean, I think the easiest people keep asking, why didn't it work out for Virginia? And looking back at last year, to me, it was a simple, I don't think Caden's a bad player. I think he's got all, you said it, he's got all kinds of ceiling. Um, I just think in this system, which for the record, Virginia was running when he committed, um, he did not make the other four guys on the court better offensively. Um, He was fine when he got, you know, he scored, you know, rebounds, he he shot a, made most of the shots he took but the team as a whole was not better with Caden on the floor because he didn't screen well he couldn't run the middle triangle and, and I think that's why he didn't play you know defensively he's big guys are going to have those lapses um so you know I hope he can play better you know I hope the Texas system fits him better um and he'll have moments where he looks spectacular I have no doubt because he had him here so yeah and I mean that's I'm glad I don't too. have to see him I mean you know, if we see him it'll be the tournament <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing, too, is like ultimately, one. right, like it, it's impossible, you know, I think in, in this day and age to to have like the number of kids who, who leave a program just because of the nature of the portal. Right. You're going to have kids who leave. That's just the reality. Right. And I'm not going to get like salty or whatever about dudes who leave. Like I said before, like wish the kid the best. I think he's a great kid. Great family. You know, like I hope I, I hope great things happen for him. And, and I'm just I think that your point is well taken. It's like, you know, if you watched them play, you understood that like, Hey, they needed to do something different because it wasn't working. And maybe it's a good thing for him. Cause it gets him that fresh start. You know, he can kind of use the, the way he played um, in the postseason as kind of a, a launching point for his career um, with Texas. And, and, you know, it maybe works out well for UVA in the sense that like, instead of um, trying to repair whatever was maybe broken there, they're able to have newer pieces that, you know, all start off on a, on a better foot. So listen, I'm not, this is not like a, you know, I'm not like saying like he's an enemy or whatever, whatever. This is not drama. I'm just saying like from a conversational standpoint, it's, it, it was clear that he was not making other guys on the court better and that UVA was not better because he was in the game, which is why he wasn't playing. I mean, I think that's the long and short of it. That's one of the reasons why I think, Sometimes you'll get like message boards and people will be like, well, why didn't anybody ask the coach this thing? And you're like, well, cause it, that thing's obvious, man. Like, no, they weren't happy that so-and-so threw 17 picks. Like, no, like nobody was happy with this. Like that wasn't the game plan. You know what I mean? And so I just think that as you watched him this last season, I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate that he had so many DMPs, um, you know, but at the end of the day, like, you know, what do you have? 
three of them. Now, granted, he didn't get a lot of minutes in a bunch of games. He he obviously had much better um, sort of end of the season than he did, you know, what, a third to the end? So that the second and third, third of the season, if you will. Um, but, it, you know, ultimately that's what fresh starts can do, right? They provide the opportunity for the player and the school to sort of move forward. And I think anybody who watched Virginia's spring game sort of is glad that, you know, you don't have the Brendan Armstrong thing sort of hanging over. Um, it's good for him. You know, he gets his, his fresh start. Caden gets his fresh start and, you know, we'll all keep it moving, but you know, it's a podcast, so we got to talk about stuff. All right. Anything else? My hot take. Y'all oh, hear what's my your hot, hot take on the on the uh, transfer portal? What's your hot Tony take? Tony Bennett is so competitive, he ran off the two dudes who hit tons of home runs in the coaches players game last year. <laughs> Man, that is that, that is, is a hot take. Deep conspiratorial <laughs> stuff, right I there. Say, no, don't tell earlier, me he's not competitive. That's how competitive he no, is. Very, he he is very competitive. I'll give you that. That's a, that's he, a whole other level. He's bringing in. It's not just that. Take it to the next level. He brings in BVP to sabotage. Because then, you know, like all the, you know, all the roster <laughs> stuff to get Caden like to a place where he couldn't play. Now, you know, he went and watched this Anthony Robinson kid play softball and was like, this guy can't hit at all. Okay. So, like, let's bring him in and, you know, we're going to be set. He's a hole in their lineup. <laughs> <He's a hole>. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dang, Getter, I, you know, Getter, Getter had a lot of errors, right? Yeah, so maybe Getter's move gone. him on. Yeah, wait till know, Ken Griffey's our new assistant coach. I can't wait oh, for somebody yeah. to think we're being serious right <laughs> I know, now. Right there, so yeah, somebody's somebody's putting together an email right now. All right, two things before we wrap up. One, Dave, you had this whole idea about like Ryan Dunn is like the secret. Oh, we to, can save that for next week. We okay, got a we'll long save off. that for okay. Then the other thing is like you know there's still that that opening. Um, you know we certainly hear there are a couple of candidates, uh, that are I don't know seriously in contention that kind of fun stuff. Um. We've, Can they turn a five four three double play? <laughs> <laughs> we've we've talked a little bit about this in the past. Um, I don't think it's in our best interest to speculate on who and all this fun stuff. But I do think, like, what sort of time frame do you think? Do we think they're on? I mean, I'm I'm actually kind of surprised it it hadn't happened yet. Um, that there hasn't been an official announcement. Um, my thought was it would probably not make it through um, the week, but maybe they're trying to finish out sort of the the portal piece of this whole thing and maybe you know if, if the robinson kid is in and and that all works out maybe it, it happens soon thereafter um w- what would be what would be surprising for you guys for it to go another week two weeks what do you think i don't think it'll take too much longer i mean i keep thinking that too but then like you know days come and they go and it hasn't been announced yet i mean what's but the rush the same- they've gotten like two or maybe three commitments since get her left i mean i mean that's fair I, the I, rush. I, I do think there's some flexibility that was afforded because when you don't have to you know have a guy out on the road you, you know my understanding at least of the the way the rules at least formally worked i mean who knows what the ncaa these days but my and if I, you're going to promote one of those guys to the position then they're already kind of doing it <laughs> like you know what i mean yeah that's fair um all right, well, in that case, I think that's a good place for us to wrap it up in, in case you guys have anything else for the good of the order. I always love I that I toss so. it out, and you guys never have anything that we really need to, to dive into. I don't think so. We're into the we're into the offseason, though. I mean, we're definitely into the abyss. Get ready, folks. Here comes some crazy into podcasts. The abyss. Yeah. <laughs> into the abyss. We're gonna be we're gonna be drafting all kinds of stuff the next four months. <laughs> well, it's like you know we do like the like at people ask us questions we answer. That's like the Kramer Seinfeld like movie phone. Like, why don't you just tell me what you want us to talk about? <laughs> like, we've run out of ideas. 
I actually have a very good idea. It won't be next week, um, but I have a very good off-season draft idea that uh, I, I think is gonna it, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, the last one went great. Which one was that? Was that the one where we forgot Ralph Sampson for a while? We're, no, the one where we were like, pick what things are gonna happen. Oh, that was that and my was first one was London Johnson's gonna commit. Yeah, it was. And then it was yeah. UVA's yeah. gonna go to the College World Series. And then it was then, uh, London. Uh, no, it was uh, Kihei Clark's not coming back. That was yeah. one of mine, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. I don't think we got a single one right. Yeah, let's I'm sure not, there were why, some, did we, why did you just do that? Why did we just revisit that? We should not. I'm have sure done there that. were some very optimistic football ones in there too. <laughs> yeah, ten and two. Uh, yeah. Ten and two. Oh, fair. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's a that's a good place to wrap it up because um, we pin it. We, we wait. What? What did you just do? You just like I said pin it. Pin it. Okay. Put a pin um, it. I, I thought you said Bennett, and I was very confused for a hot second, so my bad. All right, if you're somebody out there who has found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast. I guess technically you don't subscribe to the podcast anymore. You you follow the podcast. Um, I've always thought that was dumb because you're not really following them. This is not social media. Like You're subscribing so that the things, you know, get, you just like you subscribe to a newsletter or whatever. Anyway. And if you do that and you want to give us a review, we appreciate it. No matter whether you subscribe or you follow or both. I don't care. Um, if you're somebody that has not given us a look at the website yet, you can check us out at CavsCorner.com. Uh, let's see. We got um, uh, Griff caught up with the the Rogers kid to talk about his offer. Um, Ferber wrote a, uh, a nice piece on the McDonald kid. Um, and I think he got one coming on Greasy as well. Hopefully, I'll do my best Greasy. to not call him. Um not to call him not or say his uh, name wrong uh, in the piece. Somebody, somebody checked me on that. Uh, Houston caught up with the roadie kid to talk about his uh, commitment um, the other week um, as well. So plenty of stuff and lots of crazy folks who would love to, you know, talk UVA sports with you. Um, if you would like, I want to thank my perfect franchise for their support of the website and of the show. You can visit myperfectfranchise.net for more information on all that uh, that Andy does over there, all the different ways that he can uh, link you up with a uh, a business, um, you know, something that that fits your profile, that fits your personality. Uh, if you're somebody who is in the corporate world, wants to get out of it, you're somebody who wants to change just in general. Um, if you're if you've ever thought there was a possibility, right, that you would like to, you know, be a franchisee, open your own shop, shop, whatever, uh, give him a call. Um, he he is very good at figuring out the best way for people to do all the different things that they want to do. So my thanks to uh, him and to myperfectfranchise.net for their support of the show and of, uh, and of the website. All right. I want to thank all of you out there for supporting the show and listening as always. And of course I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously their time. I really appreciate all they do. So for David Spence, Justin Ferber and Brad Franklin, publisher of Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon. Yeah.